Thank you for taking time to listen to this week's message from First Orlando. You can find even more content, including video archives of this and other past messages at firstorlando.com. And if you're in the Orlando area, be sure to visit us sometime soon. Now, enjoy this podcast from First Orlando. Good morning, good morning, good morning. Uh, For those who do not know me, my name is Jarian Youth, (laughs) U-T-H. You can spell it like that. Uh, Some might say I'm the black sheep of the family, but... (laughs) No, I'm messing with you. Pastor David, no, I love him. Speaking of which, Pastor David and Rachel, congratulations again on 44 years of marriage. That is incredible. Um, seriously, it really is. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah. I mean, and I want to thank him, too, for this opportunity to be able to, to teach, to stretch out, to use my gifting. Um, I want to shout out my, my beautiful wife, too, because I'm happily married myself 15 years, and it'll be 16 this year. That's right. Yeah. We ain't at 44 yet, but we working. Got three little ones, uh, not so little anymore. I got a 12-year-old who's uh, turning 13 this year. Y'all pray for me. Um, And then I've got an eight-year-old, my son, my only son, Sir Carter. And then I've got a two-year-old going on 17. Her name is Zoe. And I won't say she's my oopsie baby, but she's a pleasant surprise. Okay? Any other pleasant surprises in the building? Yeah. Hey, if you're watching online, drop a passy or, or like a, a bottle or something like that in the emoji ch- uh, chat. Let us know that you are a uh, pleasant surprise. Um, so in the African-American church in which I grew up, we have what we call dialogical narration. And it basically means this. When the speaker is speaking, you can talk back to me. Just that simple. So, so, so I'm going to help you out. If you hear the truth and you know it's the truth, feel free to say amen or, or I agree. You know, uh, uh, if you hear the truth and it hurts, you can shout ouch. I'm good with that, okay? If you hear something about like the truth, then just say, mm-hmm. Finish your point, Jari, and I'm, I'm hanging. And if I'm left field, you don't know what I'm saying, then just stretch your hand toward me and just say, Jesus, help him. That, that's fair? Okay. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for this moment, this opportunity, a day that we've never seen before, a day we'll never see again. And I thank you for the word that you have given for me to share. I thank you for this place called First Orlando. I thank you for your church and for the advancement of your kingdom. Now, Father, I pray that you would give me clarity of mind and help me to say exactly what you need me to say. It's in Jesus Christ's name we pray. Amen. Good job. Yeah, y'all doing it already. This is going to be great. Um, I grew up across the street neighborhood called Richmond Heights, and uh, I remember seeing this church. Matter of fact, I viewed this church like a chocolate factory. Anybody ever seen Willy Wonka and the chocolate factory? Yeah, so I was like Charlie Bucket looking at this church some days. I'm not saying that y'all had a Willy Wonka. I'm just saying that I personally kind of viewed this church with this sort of wonder like, man, what's on the other side of them gates? Like, what are they doing there? Like, what's really happening? And as I got older, I continued to see some of the works and the partnerships within the community, but still I couldn't figure out how, how, what was it that was stirring in this church that made them serve Orlando the way that they were serving Orlando. And it wasn't until I got a chance to peek behind the curtain through a partnership with First Orlando and Hope Church, Pastor David, and and, and I was able to see what the secret ingredient was 
for this church. Y'all want to know what it is? You sure? Meaningful relationships. Meaningful relationships is what made this this church tick and made this church serve outside of their own walls. That's, That's what it was. And so as I looked at that, I asked myself this question. Well, then how do I cultivate meaningful relationships. And, and, and if you be honest, you've asked yourself that question too. How do you cultivate meaningful relationships? How, how, how do we mm-hmm, cultivate meaningful relationships? How do we authentically get connected, watch this, in a world that is so socially superficial? In a world where we've traded in handshakes and conversations for a like on a page. In, in, in a world where we're comfortable with staying in our own box, we don't even hang on the front porch anymore. We just, we come, we park in the garage and we do our own thing. How do we get connected? How do we get connected? Well, let me, let me just kind of come down your street and call out some people. Okay, married folk in the room. Have you ever hung out with a couple whose interaction made you want to step your game up? Like you see them holding hands and, you know, they, they, they lovey-dovey on each other. And I'm not talking about the Instagram couples. I'm not talking about the Facebook couples. I'm talking about couples that you ask, actually know, okay? I'm talking about the type of couples that if you say the wrong thing about my spouse, I will Will Smith you. <laughs> Was that too soon? Was that too soon? I got an amen on the front row. I'm going to just move past that. Uh, singles. Singles. Have, have, you, have you ever seen other singles happy, living their best life, in community with other singles? Doesn't that make you wonder, man, how do I, how do I get connected? Or, or, or what about single parents? I'm the product of a single parent. Man, my mama did a good job raising this chocolate brother. And I, I must say, like, at the end of the day, single parents, have you ever seen other single parents in community, and watch this, not only that, they're children in community, and you ask yourself that question, how do, how do I get me and my tribe connected like that? I, I got some more for you. New kids on the block, which we have a lot of new kids on the block here in Central Florida. Florida is the number one migration state, so we've got a lot of people who are moving from different cities, different countries, different states. Listen, you moving to a new place is enough to ask that question. Okay. What about at the workplace? Have you ever spotted those coworkers who hang out not only during lunch, but they also hang out outside of work? Doesn't that make you ask the question? Or retirees, because you retired now. You've stepped into a new season of life, but now the question is raised. I'm not at work as much as I used to be anymore. How do I engage? How do I connect? How do I cultivate meaningful relationships. And I I want to be very careful and sensitive to the last one that I'm going to say, widows or anyone really that has lost a loved one. uh, You know what it feels like to be in a meaningful relationship, but that meaningful relationship has now transitioned. And and so now you find yourself trying to start anew. This question is then raised. So, so, So whether you're in any of the categories I just listed or even a category that I didn't list, The question remains, how do we get authentically connected? How do we start meaningful 
relationships. Um, God knew that we would struggle with cultivating meaningful relationships. As a matter of fact, we are not the first people to struggle with this. People in the writings that we know as the Bible struggled with cultivating meaningful relationships. And so I, I want you to turn with me to the book of James. And again, for those that are not as familiar with the Christian tradition and the Bible, it's, it, it is a book, it is a collection of different authors, all inspired by one God telling one unified story about Jesus Christ. And so that's what we go to, that's where we take our cue from. While you're turning to James, though, I want to also give you some context. There's this guy named James, right? James is actually the brother of Jesus. And I'm not talking about like, oh, you mean like the brother from another mother kind of thing? No, 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 no. Like this was his biological brother, okay? And, and, and okay, I get to pause here. Wait, how many people in the room, um, you have a sibling who everybody thinks is perfect? Hey, if they're next to you, just look straight ahead, Okay? <laughs> Have you ever had that, that sibling that everybody's like, man, he's just so, he's perfect, or she's perfect. Well, imagine how James felt. This man's brother is Jesus, y'all. You know what I mean? You understand what I'm saying? His brother is Jesus, and aside from probably making his bed on time and eating all his veggies and all that kind of stuff, he was out here performing miracles. He was literally, he was healing, he was casting out demons. But I'll tell you what really changed the world was his death, and then his burial, and then his resurrection. Now, now, now imagine receiving a letter from that man's brother, right? I hope you can imagine that, because we're going to read some words from that letter. Okay? So, pick me up in James. We're going to read chapter 1, verses 19 and 20. And, and let me just throw this out here once more um, for our special guests in the room today. Um, what I'm going to read is something that you already know. Everybody in this room pretty much knows what I'm going to say. You know it to be true, and you've heard it before. But I need to emphasize this. This is non-negotiable for believers. What I'm about to read is non-negotiable for believers. But if you are in the room and you have not yet made Jesus your choice, you are not yet a believer. I said yet. You're not yet a believer. Then I want you to know two things. Number one, I hope today you make Jesus your choice. It's going to change your life. Number two, I want to tell you that you're still in the right place at the right time to receive the right word. Period. So you're welcome here. So stay with us, okay? Stay with us. Pick me up. James 1, 19 and 20 says, My dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to get angry. Because human anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. I want to read this again. He said, everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to get angry. I'm, I'm, I'm going to say that one more time because it feels right. Everyone. Who? Everyone. Who? 
everyone. That's right. That's that dialogical narration. You're good. (laughs) Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to get angry. And when we read this, we find these three imperatives, or as I said before, non-negotiables. We have to, church. We have to, everybody. We have to, world. We got to be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to get angry. When you read this, you may ask, why would James tell these people to be quick to listen? Jarian, why would he tell them to be slow to speak? Why would he tell them to be slow to get angry? Well, the answer is simple. It's because James knew that his brother wanted, what his brother wanted for believers was this, unity. Jesus himself prayed that all believers would be completely one, just as he and God the Father are one. And so the world will know that Jesus and God the Father are one, and they'll know that Jesus came and that God loves us just like he loves Jesus. Scoot real close because I want to share something with you. You want to know what Jesus wants the world to see when they look at believers? Unity. Unity. I heard PD say, I'm sorry, PD, Pastor David, don't worry about it. It's like this little thing we got. It's a vibe. It's fine. But I heard him say, not uniformity, but I'm talking about unity. I'm talking about every nation. I'm talking about every tribe, every tongue, every culture. All of us being able to stand at the leveled ground of Jesus' resurrection, understanding this very thing, that there was once a common thread amongst all of us, which was our sin, but now that common thread has transitioned because of the death of Jesus Christ into His love. And so what? It ties us together and causes us to be unified, experiencing what? Unity. Unity, unity, unity. So, so, so okay, I hear you, Jared. So, so how do we create unity? I'm glad you asked. Through meaningful relationships. Well, well, how do we create meaningful relationships? Well, James just said it, by having patience with one another, which sounds a lot like being quick to listen to each other and slow to speak and slow to get angry. Can I ask you something? We, we, we experienced a crazy time in 2020. Aside from the pandemic, there was a lot of racial unrest. And can I just say that I feel like things would have been different. The, the, the war that ended up breaking out would have felt different. It would have been a, 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 a different progression if both sides were quick to listen, slow to speak and slow to get angry. And you know what's sad about it? The world was watching. And sometimes it breaks my heart that while we did some amazing things as the church, I'm not just talking about First Orlando, as the church we did some amazing things to push it forward, but that was the great time for the church to stand and say, look at us. We'll show you what unity looks like. We'll show you how to take the backgrounds and the different cultures and the different ethnicities and the different creeds. We'll show you how to put it all together and make it right. We'll show you what unity looks like. Okay, I got to pull back. That ain't even on the screen. I'm so so sorry, but uh, quick to listen. Somebody say quick to listen. That's what I want to talk about today. I want to talk about listening because as I read this passage, That's what the Lord impressed on my heart. Listen. Listen. 
Two stories come to mind, and the first teaches that listening is learning. I uh, got a dear friend of mine, uh, Mark Bird, real cool guy, um, and I remember him. <laughs> that's him on the front row saying amen. <laughs> but I remember him telling me a story about how he found out in an unusual way that his wife had cancer. There they are in the doctor's office, and the doctor comes in and begins to give them not the results, but all of the different options of what they can do to treat. And I remember him telling me, man, I wondered, and it got perturbed because I'm like, why would you not start with telling me the results first? And when he asked the doctor that, hey, listen, you just read us all these options, what? And then you told us that she had cancer. Why not start and tell us, you know, hit us, let us know. The doctor said this, and it proves the point that listening is learning. He said, if I had told you that she had cancer, you would not have listened to me. And if you didn't listen to me, you couldn't learn the information that I was trying to give you. Why? Because the doctor understood that listening is learning. Listening is learning. We live in such a quick society that we do everything quick but listen. Instead, we want to fly off at the mouth quickly. We want to get angry quickly instead of pausing and saying that I need to slow down and I need to be quick to listen, quick to let down my guard gate and hear what the other person is saying. Being quick to listen is what we need to apply to our lives. So, so even in that story, you, you find what would life look like for you if you weren't so eager to want to speak, but if you could just sort of slow down and say, I'm listening. I'm listening. And that's just one way that we are to experience listening as learning. I'm, I'm a music guy, love music, always have loved music. I come from a musical family. And so there's, there's times where music will cause me to listen, leads me to listen. For instance, uh, I remember learning that Jesus loved me as a kid when I would hear, you know, songs like, I don't know, uh, Jesus loves me, this I know. For the Bible tells me so, little ones to Him belong. They are weak, but He is strong. Yes, Jesus loves me. <laughs> yes, Jesus loves me. Yes, Jesus loves me, for the Bible tells me so. Mama, yeah. listening, listening is learning. My second story shows us that we, we see better when we listen. Uh, we, 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 we see better by listening. Uh, if you're taking notes, that's another good note to take. We see better by listening. Um, how many people know this guy on the, on the screen? How many people know that guy? Yeah, y'all know him? Okay, so let me just clear the air. 
I'm going to do an impersonation of him because I love Ray Charles. Matter of fact, my family can attest, my granddaddy in a weird kind of way reminded me of Ray Charles. He had the same kind of soft golden hair, whatnot, you know, it's all that. But his, his vibe, his swag, I'm giving y'all key words here that you can use with your children. His swag was good. And so I listened to a lot of Ray Charles. And so I'm going to impersonate him because I want you to get this illustration. I don't want anybody to think that I'm making fun of him. I just, I admire the guy, you know, I admire the guy. So anyway, so it's 1972. June 1st, and Ray's sitting there on the show with a guy named Dick Cavett. Cavett asked him a question, says, Ray, if I can wave my wand and give you your eyesight, uh, what, what would you, uh, you want to see? And Ray just says this. Ray says, well, um, okay, this is where I get to do it. All right, hold up. Wait, here we go. You ready? You know, Dick, if I be honest with you, man, you know, uh, you know, if, if I could, you know, if you wave your wand, you know, I'd, well, first of all, let me just say, you know, I'd want to see my children for a day and maybe, maybe some of the great artwork of the world. But, you know, if it had to be forever, man, if I had to lose, if I had to gain my sight forever, I wouldn't want my sight back, man. Why? Because, because I'd see things differently, you know. Uh, and even when I watch your show, man, you know, I love watching your show. And I know people are sitting there going, man, he can't watch the show. Why would he say that? He can't do that. Oh, but you'd be surprised at what you see when you sit back and listen. Oh, you'd be surprised at what you see when you sit back and listen. Can I ask you something? What would make a blind man turn down the chance to see again? Well, Ray said it. I can see better with my ears than some of you can with your eyes. That's why the TV show The Voice is so popular, because people don't see those people first. They hear them first. They listen to them first. So, so, so my question to you is this. Could it be that sometimes the only sight we need is a sound? Could, could, it, could it be that, 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 that all you need really is just the sound of a friend's voice telling you that you're going to get through this together? Maybe the sound of somebody telling you that Jesus does love you and Jesus cares for you and that, and that you're going to be all right. Yeah. We see better when we listen. Mm. Maybe we should practice listening to those who don't necessarily look like us, talk like us, behave like us. Maybe we'll learn about them. Maybe it'll unfold into a meaningful relationship that leads them to Jesus. It all starts with listening. So, so, so we see better when we listen. I'm, I'm going to rush along here. Listen, two things that I know I want to give you that's going to help you to be a better listener. Um, um, two things mainly because I want us to realize that if Jesus wanted unity, then we need to unify. Well, how do we do that again? Meaningful relationships. Well, how do I start that? Listening. So that's all this is going toward, is toward unifying us all. Um, step one, and I may lose or offend some of you all. I'm sorry in advance, okay? But the first step to being a better listener, stop talking. Yeah. I, I, I just want to make sure my wife didn't say amen. Stop talking. <laughs> Stop talking. Um, did you know that the same letters that are in the word listen are the same letters that are in the word silent? Huh. Yeah. Did you know that you can't spell the word heart without first spelling the word hear? L listen. 
just remind us for us to listen. Listen. That, that's what I meant when I said maybe, maybe we ought to start listening to people who we don't know or that we don't, we don't really, uh, they don't act like us, they don't behave like us. Maybe we learn from each other. And that develops into a meaningful relationship that ultimately leads them, again, to Jesus Christ. We, we listen. Step number two, step number two, stop thinking of a response. Oh, yeah. I learned that one from my wife. Stop thinking of a response. Um, while we have the ability to respond, hear me, while we have the ability to respond, our first response ability is to listen. While all of us in here have an ability that we have to respond to somebody, our first responsibility is to listen. I heard it said once, the most sincere forms of love and respect is listening. It's listening. Do you get what I'm saying to you? Do you hear what I'm saying to you? We must become better listeners, all of us. And that is my challenge, not only to you, that is a challenge to me. I'm preaching to the choir. We have to become better listeners. Again, what happens when we perk up our ears? One guy said, when we close our mouth, it opens our ears. What happens when we start listening? Listening. I'll tell you what happens. Things change, not only in our worlds, but in the world. The year is 1926, I believe, 1926, and there's a young man who decides to start a small group. It's not a church small group. In fact, one of them was a devout atheist. Even though the person that started the group was a believer, they had a member of the group that was a devout atheist, and they all stood on the common ground of literature, philosophy, and, and, and religion, and, and they loved stories and sagas and mythical worlds. They would even read aloud some of the stories that they themselves were working on, giving each other criticism and companionship. And in the process of listening, they develop a meaningful relationship. Such a relationship led that devout atheist to receive a book from the believer that he never read before. It was the Bible. He gave that guy the Bible, and that atheist continued that meaningful relationship with that believer. And you know what happened? He became a believer. And as individuals, those two changed the literary cultural uh, landscape of modern times. You see, these men would go on to become very famous authors. And not only that, they would sell millions and millions of books. Listen, the believer that I was talking about, was J.R.R. Tolkien, author of Lord of the Rings. And the atheist was none other than C.S. Lewis, the author of Chronicles of Narnia. Can I, can, I, can I ask you something? What would have happened? What would have happened if C.S. was not in a space with a believer who would listen? Would we have the Chronicles of Narnia? Would we have some of his other amazing works that has changed the world? It all started with listening. That meaningful relationship started with listening. And so I'm, I'm done. I want to ask you three questions. What will you miss if you don't listen? I, I'll, I'll up you one. Who will you miss if you don't listen? And the last one, and I hope you dig it deep in your heart. I hope it messes with you for the rest of your life. Who will Jesus miss if you don't listen? Let me pray for us. 
Father, I thank you for this moment, this opportunity to sit in a space, God, where we can just listen. We trust your word. We trust what it says. And we thank you for today. Here's what I know to be true, Father. The greatest meaningful relationship a person can have is one with you. So, Father, if there is somebody in the room today, Father, I hope they were listening. And I hope that they begin a meaningful relationship with you. This is all for your glory, all for your credit anyway. It's in Jesus Christ's name we pray. Amen and amen. Thank you so much. Thanks again for listening to the First Orlando Podcast. For more information like our service times, location, and other contact information, be sure to visit us online at firstorlando.com. Have a great week.